At this time of year, of course, we have so many beautiful symbols, religious symbols that remind us of the coming of Christ, even secular symbols that oftentimes have a bit of a religious meaning or root behind them. We see the star, we see Christmas trees out, and I'd like to focus on one symbol today, which is the most delicious of all symbols, the gingerbread house. So I think we all know the gingerbread house, they come out this time of year, and we often don't think that the gingerbread house has religious symbolism or is connected to Christmas other than the fact that we bring them out at Christmas. But when you look at the history, as I'd like to explain, the gingerbread house is very symbolic of the Christmas message, especially the readings that we have heard today. The first reading in particular from 2 Samuel plays on this idea of house. There's a bit of a flipping of the meaning of house in the first reading. So in the first reading, we heard about how David is living in this beautiful palace or more likely a palace of cedar, and he wants to give, uh, build God a temple, his own house. So David asks Nathan, the prophet, if he can build for God a house. And it's really interesting that this first reading is very much linked to archaeology that we can see, that we can touch. So if you go to Jerusalem today, you can visit a site called the City of David. It's a very famous archaeological excavation. And this is where, guess who lived? David. So it's right down from the temple and you enter the city of David and they have remains there from the time of King David around 1000 BC. And there's not very much that's remains from David's time. There is, however, kind of on a steep wall, a bit of a retaining wall that was built at David's time and they call it the stepstone structure. And if you ever get to visit the city of David or if you've been there, you'll know the tour guides repeat this so often. You'll hear the stepstone structure time and time again because it's very significant. It's really these only structures or stones that were laid by David or those that David, uh, was, that David had working for him. And it's surmised that at the top of this stepstone structure, this great retaining wall, sat David's palace. So David then built for himself a palace there in Jerusalem. But God, of course, had no house to dwell in. God, at this point, his presence was kind of localized in a significant way in um, the desert tabernacle that they'd used wandering through the desert, but also in um, the Ark of the Covenant. This is where God was. And so David asked the prophet Nathan if God wanted David to build for God a house, meaning a temple. And the prophet Nathan responds with a message or a covenant with David that kind of flips the word house on its head. So we're used to house being a physical structure, right? But God, through Nathan, promises David that he will establish for him a house. But by house, Nathan and God mean a dynasty. So you might be aware that the final season of The Crown has come out. I wonder if we have any fans here this evening of The Crown. But you know that The Crown is all about a house, the house of Windsor. So we're used to talking about houses like dynastic lines. The same went at the time of David. A house is a dynastic line. So God is kind of flipping things on its head. God is saying to David, look, you're not going to build me a house, but I am going to build you a house, a dynasty. And when you listen to this promise that God makes David, and it's a very significant covenant for the people of Israel, 
God promises David that he will always have a descendant of his on the throne. There will always be a king descended from the line of David. And God goes further to say that this son is going to relate, or these sons of David, will relate to God like father and son. This then was such an important promise or covenant that God made David. And this covenant really was cherished in the hearts of the people of Israel. It was a sign of hope for them, that God would always take care of them as a people through the heirs of David, through these kings. Then in the first reading, we hear this first mention of house, and it's used in two ways, a bit of a play on our words. House, meaning temple that David wants to build for God, and the house, the dynasty that God promises he will establish for David that will last for all eternity. As time went on, as history progressed for the people of Israel, their idea or their understanding of this covenant began to shift. Because as time went on, they did have David as a king. They did have Solomon as a king. But eventually they were conquered. And for many, many centuries, they did not have a, a descendant of David on the throne. And as, especially when they were in exile, this promise that God made to David began to be transformed. So I get to, I have the great joy today to use in this homily, everybody's favorite song, uh, By the Rivers of Babylon by Boney M., which is a famous reggae song from 1978. But this song is, is very helpful because from this song, everybody knows about By the Rivers of Babylon. There we sat and wept. Our captives, they asked us for songs, to sing songs of Jerusalem. And of course, this song by Boney M., By the Rivers of Babylon, goes back or repeats one of the psalms from the Bible, one of these psalms of lament, where the people of Israel are there in exile, lamenting that they've lost their kingdom, that they've lost their temple, that they've lost the king upon the throne. And there in Babylon, especially then and later, the people of Israel began to reinterpret through God's strength this promise that God had made to Nathan. They began to see more and more that God would not send just any human king, but God would send a king, an anointed one, the Messiah. All kings were anointed. They were messiahs. But now God will send the ultimate messiah. God promised that David's sons would be like a son to David. The people of Israel understood that this messiah who came would be the son of God to establish God's kingdom, God's reign, in a definitive way. As time went on then, when the people of Israel did not have their expectations met uh, by this promise that God made to David, they began through God's help to see how God would fulfill this promise in an even greater way, an even unexpected way. And of course, now we come to the gospel. Here we see that the Annunciation, that the angel Gabriel tells us who Jesus is, that Jesus is the one ultimately who fulfills this promise made to David. And the angel Gabriel in his message is kind of replete with connections to the first reading from 2 Samuel 7. We hear that Jesus is going to be a son of David. Jesus then fulfills this promise in a complete way. Jesus is going to be son of God, but not son of God like a king was. That was kind of like a metaphorical understanding. But Jesus is a son of God in an ultimate way. 
the Holy Spirit, we hear, will come and overshadow Our Lady so that Jesus will truly be the Son of God. And Jesus is not like some human king who brings a human kingdom that is sort of passing. Jesus brings the kingdom of God that is established here and lasts into all eternity. Jesus then fulfills this desire of David to have a house and ultimately the house that God promises David. And you might be wondering where the gingerbread house comes into this. And uh, I promise you there is a connection. So Jesus is born, of course, in Bethlehem. And as you probably know, Bethlehem is a Hebrew word made up of two parts, bet, which means house, and lehem, which means bread. So Bethlehem literally means house of bread. So you might be seeing where I'm going with this. And if you don't believe me, you can, you can check on Wikipedia. Look under gingerbread house and you'll find it there that in the Middle Ages, some monks were making these gingerbread houses and they wanted to make this connection to Bethlehem. That the gingerbread house ultimately is a reminder of Bethlehem, the place where Jesus Christ came to become a human being, where God dwelt with us. So it is ultimately in Bethlehem with the birth of Jesus where we find this fulfillment of this prophecy that David received through Nathan, that God now establishes his house, his temple, not in a physical building, but in the person of Jesus Christ. God fulfills this promise that he made to David to give him this house, this dynasty, in this final and ultimate king who is Jesus Christ for us. So we ask then the Spirit's grace as we get very close to Christmas now, that he will prepare our hearts to receive Christ with joy and with peace on Christmas. And as well, perhaps the next time we see a gingerbread house, just before we eat it, we can remind ourselves of this important message that this gingerbread house reminds us of this house that God promised David, this house that's fulfilled in Christ.